What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dynasty Rankings Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Liss. You can find me on Twitter, at an outraged Jew. Of course, with me is Alexander McKenzie. You can find him on Twitter, at Jacked Up on Mountain Dew. Now, guys, listen, this is like a special report episode. I'm doing my damnedest to make sure that we've got a video coming out this week. So for those of you guys that are watching on Spotify or listening, um, for those of you guys that are going to check this out on YouTube, uh, welcome. Audio diminished. Uh, background, not terrible. Not really sure what that. these are. Look at that, Look at that uh, art. Hilton, That's beautiful. Yeah. Hilton Hotels designer decided that these were chic, <laughs> so they're on the wall um, with a nice, I don't even know what color this is. It's irrelevant to the episode, though. Uh, point being, <laughs> this is a, a special episode. Uh, I called it From the Desert because I'm in Arizona. It's like 103 degrees out. Um, so as long as my system doesn't melt, we'll be all good to go. So Alexander and I have been talking. We had some preseason takes coming in. Um, listen, I'm going to say this right up front. We're not going to be the guys that are going to wait till week 14 to tell you that they wish they would have considered something differently. Uh, if we've got some thoughts on something immediately, even if it's three weeks in, we're not going to turn the corner super hard and bail on things. But as new data comes in, you have to be malleable. You have to be more fluid to the information. And that's something that we try to do because a lot of our stuff is being sourced back into the data that we're working on. With that being said, this week, we really wanted to talk about running backs because with just so many injuries, the obviously unfortunate injury to Nick Chubb the other night, Saquon gets hurt. Eckler is hurt. JT is, you know, uh, on the PUP. Kamara has been suspended. JK Dobbins tore his Achilles tendon. Uh, Antonio Gibson's been shelved. Najee Harris, we've got new, information on him a cam Akers was deactivated like this is the worst of the worst of the worst and i believe aaron jones was hurt as well is that right yeah and then uh jamal williams yesterday hurt his hamstring as well so it's uh it's not looking good for the running backs it's well it's a bloodbath and and you know and people push back on the idea that ownership doesn't want to pay running backs i know it's the unfortunate reality of the position but this is exactly it we're two weeks in and many of these teams don't have the running back that was already under contract. And then, of course, you guys can dig this up if you want to go down the conspiracy hole. But it sounds like they're saying that the NFLPA, did you hear this, was telling players to, like, exaggerate injuries and make these teams yep. really feel the pain, right? Yeah. I mean, <sighs> union lifestyle, I guess. I don't know. So for Not what it's worth, look. we have that at play also. So this week, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Alexander and I had talked about sort of the, the mentality and theory behind basically using second round picks, using later round picks to ship them for running backs on rosters that aren't being valued, obviously, as first round guys, on guys that are up and comers, on guys that have shortened contracts. People in your leagues are aware of this, and they know that the duration of time that these players may exist for is a lot shorter. So we kind of wanted to go through some of the data points that we had. Some of it is specifically around Najee Harris his size, his production, what's taking place with Jalen Warren, and then also go through some of these guys that are currently not um, in the forefront of the conversation yet, but might be running backs based on what we've seen already to start this year that could really help you guys um, give you a boost at, towards the end of the season. Because if we're already missing this many running backs in week two, I don't imagine they're going to get healthier as the season goes on. Yeah, no, no, especially if they're older. We already talked about that in a previous episode. It just exponentially gets worse as the recovery time uh, takes a lot longer for those guys to come back. 
Um, so yeah, not all these guys have Wolverine blood, like apparently Saquon does. Uh, so with this, <laughs> this injury, hopefully, you know, he, he comes back healthy. I don't want him to ru- them to rush him out and then hurt his career, but yeah, no, uh, not good stuff about these RB injuries. Sad to see, uh, just hate to see these guys go down to injuries. They're such talented players and they kind of, they're focal points of the game, right? It's like what you love about fantasy football, are these guys that can run and catch and these elite athletes. So it's horrible to see guys like Nick Chubb get those, those injuries and wish him the best and recovery and, and just horrible to see. Hate to see that. Well, so. let's, let's, let's jump right into the first thing because you and I coming into the year were high on what may have been for Najee Harris, despite, you know, many people pushing back. There were a lot of beat reporters that were saying like, Hey, nobody in this offense is going to topple Najee Harris. This is his backfield. Look at some of the information data from last year um, coming off of an injury, the Liz Frank injury, the plate in his shoe. Uh, a lot of reason to sort of harken back to early Najee Harris and think, okay, he's still young enough. Could this be in the profile into this year? And based on the ADP and his current price tag at the time, seemed like the upside was 10x what the cost of investment was. But what we've seen through two weeks um, kind of leads me and you to sort of a different theory right now and we ran some data on bigger running backs with average to you know mediocre athleticism and then all the way across the spectrum and then looked at fantasy points per game historically because one of the big theories right now that alexander and i started talking about the other day while i'm on vacation is how much does being a superior athlete at a at a much larger size, 220 pounds and above, let's say for threshold purposes, how much more does it matter? Because I really do think it does. When we think about some of these bigger running backs that lack the athleticism and maybe, especially if they don't have pass catching, they, they're pretty much out right away. But mm-hmm. if they don't have that top tier athleticism, what does that necessarily mean for them? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it really, if we, we went and looked and saw like running backs that were like 220 20 pounds plus, uh, what their fantasy points output were based on their size, uh, based on their size and speed. Um, so looking at Najee, for example, four, five, seven guy kind of th- throws himself into that, uh, four, five, uh, that four, five, seven puts him like in like average. Sorry, 50, yeah. 56 percentile here. I'll put 50 percent. Yeah. Keep trade cut. All right. I keep trade cut player profiler. Um, and, uh, basically his speed kind of gives him like, 13.42 fantasy points per game with average athleticism. Um, and, and I don't even know if he's even running at that speed at this point. Um, and there's no data. And this is filtered by players with at least 10 points per game. Uh, if that speed has gone from the Liz Frank injury, we couldn't find players with at least 10, 10 fantasy point, averaging 10 fantasy points uh, slower than that speed threshold there. And so, we kind of looked at it again, like we feel like the, the happy medium there is looking like the, those guys that are maybe 210 to 220 at that, like relatively fast speed, which is like, re- you know, the low four fours, four fives, um, scenario and give you a 14.47 fantasy points per game. And then those very, very fast guys can potentially, you know, that from that 195 to 210, that fast threshold is a 15 point. It looks like, and, and, you could sell there's the back, the game is changing to more of these Aaron Jones, maybe, you know, those kind of guys that the 200 to, to 210 pound, 195 here we filtered, but looks like the 15.10 you're averaging a lot more than these bigger backs 
even with like fast 40 times for their size. So, um, yeah, it's pretty evident now. I feel like the game is again, going more towards a pass heavy scheme. These guys that are the smaller backs are that with fast speed are definitely, definitely more coveted in fantasy because they're going to get more targets. Right. And especially someone like Najee, that's, you know, you know, teetering on the 50% snap share, um, now with uh with Jalen Warren who even though his athleticism may state that based on his 40 and stuff that he may not be fast but it's pretty evident that he's way faster than Najee and he's way more efficient especially because he's utilized in the passing game as well um gives us a lot of cause for concern for players with these with these comps if they're not going to be not going to be used role right and so it almost feels like the kind of the conversation is like if you're not an elite athlete, you really need to be getting the, you know, the volume and the team just believes in that run heavy scheme. If not, and they want to switch to passing and they kind of relegate you to this particular role of the first and second down grinder, maybe they put you in third down for pass protection, but you're not utilizing the passing game. You're, you're not really being that efficient. And it's, you know, we could see here that Jalen Warren fantasy points for a hundred snaps way higher than Najee. Yeah, and you know, you look at it here, target share more than twice what Najee Harris is seeing right now. Uh snap share, you know, Najee Harris still has him edged out currently, and I imagine that remains the case because he is the hammer in this backfield. And I know the expectation for a lot of people is that a guy like Jalen Warren is just going to leapfrog him. I don't see that being the case. Like I think Najee Harris is going to be in the mix no matter what. Now, obviously at this point in time, it doesn't look like to the degree that I think we had hoped in the beginning. We saw him have mm -hmm. a couple of bigger plays yesterday. There was kind of a broken play where he had started going one direction, made it back around. Looked like he he looked like he was pulling a tractor trailer behind him or something. I mean, he did not look <laughs> yeah. fast. So I think I think there's concern in all these aspects. But I want to go back to one thing that's really important because this doesn't get discussed enough. Oftentimes we go back to the place where we have 40-yard data or whatever our, our data points home base is. That data is great, the day that it's tested, but even the day that it's tested, there is a standard deviation for that running at that time. Just because that guy ran a 4.55, and I know that's the data that we have to use, on any given day, he could have run slower than that, and he could have run faster than that. The other fact is through injury, through time, they're not running that anymore, right? Like these guys mm -hmm. seven, eight years into the league aren't running a 4.44 anymore, right? Like they've lost a step. That's what happens along the way. So like – at some point, we have to take a step back and go, okay, accumulated injuries, bad offensive line. This guy probably never had the burst. I don't even think we had that metric in the first place, the sight, uh, yeah. or not the burst, but just the shiftiness. Now you're making him do a lot more on his own, and he can break tackles, but there's really no threat in this passing game either. So as a whole, if you go back in time with Najee Harris, really the truth be told, better offensive line, better weapons on the outside, better quarterback, no real competition, no injury for Najee Harris at the time, multiple mm -hmm. years younger, right? Like he's coming off the origin of everything. So it doesn't surprise me what we're seeing now. It's just a really unfortunate sort of turn of events with him. And, you know, I could bring up keep trade cut right now, just to look at where he's valued on there. Currently uh, Najee Harris right now, still the RB 22, but uh, I believe that we're going to see him sort of continue to fall further just the way things have been. Um, this is obviously like excluding what could happen over the next few weeks. This is excluding any more inefficiencies. This is excluding 
Jalen Warren having any big games, like all these things, this is excluding yet another injury. All these things could come into play and knock him down further. Um, he was a value coming into the year. His ADP rose a little bit going into the season. And here we are kind of, in my opinion, looking at it now back at square one. I mean, he's right about where we started before, yeah. um, but now he's neck and neck with a lot of these other players. So with that being said, obviously this is the breaking news. I don't have a breaking news sound effect, but this would be the, okay, we're <laughs> going to monitor this. But right now, uh, this is the Titanic. The bow is starting to raise. Uh, the, the orchestra is, the band is outside on the deck playing music. This, this motherfucker's going down. So I'm, I'm not ultra confident yeah. in, in what the outcome is, but um, it's certainly concerning to say the least. And for you guys that can't see this, um, but you can only listen to it. We had some data pulled up that Alexander had run with uh, within our own database and sourced the information uh, about running backs based on their, uh, based on their overall weight, we set some thresholds and we looked at fantasy producers. We set the baseline at 10 fantasy points per game. Then it looked at their weight and then it, we made some delineations based on how fast these guys were within these blocks of weight. And obviously, like we've come to the conclusion here that the very fast guys almost seem like gadgety, I guess. Like when you look at mm -hmm. some of this information, the guys that are fast, and I'm assuming these are like four, four guys. Um, that's, that's been really the sweet spot overall. And I had pulled up some data for you, um, and I don't have it on the screen right now, but we, I had brought up, like, when you look at over the last three years, you look at the RB1s um, and you look at the RB2s and you look at the fantasy points per game that they're producing, I believe that the RB1 average over the last three years, I don't know if you have it in front of you, was 17 point. Let me see. It's a total Seven. curveball in real time. 17 points. I have to read this chart. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're fine. No, you're fine. So anyways, I guess the, the point that I'm making is when we get into this conversation of are you selling a second round pick for these players, what it really comes down to is what am I getting for what it is that I'm potentially giving up? So I'm going to bring up a chart right now. Um, yes. this, is, this is a hit rate chart um, over the last 10 years. And for those, again, for those of you guys that are watching on the left-hand side, that represents the round that the player, this is running backs, was drafted in. If you follow it to the right side, um, it's showing like, for instance, at the top row there, it says, you know, round one running back. It's showing the percentage of running backs over the last 10 years that have hit as an RB1 in the first round or ended up an RB2. Over the last 10 years, first round running backs, 64% of them end up an RB1, 79% end up an RB2. But when we get into the round two running backs, this is kind of starting to get into the range of what you would be giving up potentially. But again, if you're giving up a round two pick for a running back, that means you're probably a contender, right? You're a playoff mm -hmm. team. So right. that means that pick is probably falling into the what? Uh, it, again, if it's a second round pick, 207 to 212 range. So mm -hmm. that's the latter half. So in rookie drafts, if there's any running back that's a second round running back, they're not going to be available usually at 207, 208, 209, all the way to 12, right? So you've got to think about it that way. If you're, if you're pitching this in an effort to get a running back, you're not necessarily giving up a running back in the future because more than likely those guys are gone. Maybe it's a third-round guy, but more than likely it's somebody reaching on Roshan, a fourth-round guy, somebody reaching on Damian Pierce, a fourth-round guy, right? Like the third-round guys, it's just notoriously well-known in the dynasty space Rounds one through three, those are the guys you go for. Just a couple of years ago, we had David Montgomery going pick number whatever overall. It went 
So when Jacobs, Sanders, Montgomery, you know, round three guys. So with that being said, keep that in mind. When we talk about sending second round picks, your pick is pretty protected because this year, maybe you gave up Jaden Reed. Nah, he was even gone before that point. I think you're giving up maybe Cedric Tillman in that range. You're giving mm-hmm. up some guys that sound like this. And if you look at this chart here, you'd almost have to move into the fourth round running back range to really play the game of what are you giving up? And fourth round running backs over the last 10 years, 11% of them have had at least one RB1 season. That's actually kind of shocking to hear. 26% have uh, finished with an RB2 season. And remember, this is over a a multitude. So essentially one in four are going to give you an RB2 season and one in 10 are going to give you an RB1 season. So the odds are really low, right? So I guess I just want to express that as we go into this, um, and talk about this. And with that being said, I don't know if you were able to pull up that information on RB1 and RB2 over the last three years, their scoring and PPR. Um, but that was another point I wanted to bring up. Yeah, so RB1s uh, were averaging uh, 17.46, uh, and then RB2s were 13.53. 13.53. So essentially, if it, you know, you end up with a guy that might have – 13 and a half fantasy points per game if if it was an RB2. So that's running backs 13 through 24. Of course, in this case, that are the fourth and fifth round running backs. Obviously, Ramondre blew the doors off that, but that could be the Roshans. That was the Damian Pierce that, you know, these guys mm-hmm. all fall into that range, Pacheco's. Um, so with that being said, uh, when we look at the landscape that exists today and we look at some of these running backs that are available from team to team, that's kind of the topic I wanted to get into. And again, this is the, this is the, the show's not going to be like other shows. It's going to be a shorter episode guys. So we're going to get a lot more granular when I get back home and I don't have these awkward images behind me. Um, but what I really wanted to talk about were some of these available running backs, guys that are RB twos on rosters um, that could be elevated with an injury uh, like Jerome Ford, obviously. And some of these guys that are RB3s on these rosters that nobody's really talking about yet that might find their way ascending to relevance very soon. Um, Is there anybody that comes to mind for you, Alexander, that you want to start with? Or do you want to kind of go down the list of some of these guys? We can go down the list and kind of talk about really what's the ones that's the most interesting, I think, uh, and then really kind of go from there, I think. That would be be best. So I think let's pull up a depth chart. I think this might be the easiest way to Mm -hmm. do it, kind of going team by team. Let me see if I can... Zoom this in. Um, let's go one. Let's go one more. Let's let's play Spanish twenty one here. Let's go one more. Did we do it? Okay, we can see it. All right. So kind of going team to team right now. Arizona Cardinals. Now this is an interesting one because you know Ingram, Keontae Ingram was a guy that a lot of people had talked about coming out of college. He's a guy that kind of has a versatile skill set. He's playing behind James Conner, a player with a notorious injury history. And his price tag currently, I'm sure if I go pull this up on Keep Trade Cut, is is very, very low. In fact, I, I'll dig it up as we're speaking. Uh, is Keontae Ingram a guy that, by any regards, you have interest in? Or if he can be stuffed into a trade, is that somebody that you're looking at? And with that being said, right now, amongst all running backs, he is the running back 72 overall in Dynasty, uh, 23.9 years old. Yeah, I mean I, I, that'd be something, de- but somebody definitely interesting. He's basically twenty four years old, uh, six round pick, so not great. But if you you can get him for dirt cheap, and then we talked about James Conner's injury history. He's he's an older back as well, so if he gets injured, you, you know, in mid season, he gets Kyler back. Offense is more efficient. Keontae Ingram could have way more scoring opportunity, 
and be way cheaper than anybody else in the market. I don't think anybody's talking about him. Problem with him also is when he was given opportunity, he really wasn't overly efficient in 2022. So, but he's someone very interesting. It's just like at this point, just kind of a body that, that has it, but he is a six foot, 220 pound back that runs a four, five, three. Um, he's roughly in that category. I don't know if he, he doesn't look like he's 221. Uh, he looks a little smaller, but at, he's within that size threshold a little bit. If he's a smaller, sm smaller than 220 and stuff like that, he's kind of, he's a relatively fast back. Um, on player profile, best comparable to TJ Yeldon. Uh, he, he's definitely serviceable, and he could be jump into that RB2 category easily if with James Conner getting hurt. Yeah, again, 13.5 fantasy points per game is not a, a high bar no. um, to leap over. And it looks like right now he's in the range of sort of a 2024 early fourth, um, 2026 late third. I'm not really sending 2026 picks just yet. Seems a little early, but uh, – 2024 picks and again guys like if you're shipping a fourth round pick you're essentially trying to get a guy like this anyways i mean you're not swinging on wide receivers that's a psychotic affair um you're looking for running backs at that point in time because you're just looking for a guy that makes a roster that could provide value in a situation like this where again we are two weeks into the season and people are pulling the ripcord looking for any running backs um so we'll rapid fire through some of these names uh, obviously, to me, we're looking at the Atlanta Falcons now, if you guys are watching the screen. Tyler Algier uh, is arguably a top two backup running back in the league at this point, top three. And it's not just because of what we've seen him do. It's the context of the offense that he's in. They're not throwing the ball well, but, man, that offensive line is creating monster holes. Bijan is playing amazingly behind it. And Algier has proved time and time again that he's the guy. That is a guy that, if I'm a contender, I know that, it's tough because Algier's not going to see the field nearly as much with Bijan playing. So it's the one where as much as I want to send a second, I, I wouldn't unless there was an injury. Um, and in which case, if you are a dynasty owner with Tyler Algier and you're a non-competitor, you would probably be willing to sell Algier for a second if it was decent because you know that when Bijan comes back, he's just going to continue to to fill that role and do that. But uh, Tyler Algier, anything there or move along? I think he's, I mean, he's a top tier handcuff. I, I believe, you know, yeah. with that, with that run blocking unit and the whole team's, you know, the, their identity is the run, right. Um, you know, we, you know, reference, he's, he still has some usage in the offense. Again, it'll be probably varied with the emphasis on using Bijan, uh, had a seven, Bijan had a 72% snap share in week two, while Tyler Algier had a 44%. Um, it was kind of nearly split. Tyler Algier got some red zone carries, obviously with the two touchdowns in week one. Um, but you could definitely see where that he has some potential RB three, RB two weeks, right? Where, uh, but again, he's a top tier handcuff for sure. Because if anything happens to Bijan, which we know running backs, uh, referencing back to that data from our buddy Adam, you go and look at uh, the the data suggests that it's like what a 10% chance that a running back plays for a 17 game season. Um, yeah. so yeah, yeah. It, it, who knows if what happens, you be, he's, he gets you, wins you a week. He wins you a week in the playoffs. He's one of those guys that if you're a contender, you could easily roster, uh, because obviously you're, if you're a rebuilder, you don't want someone like Tyler Algier because he's going to be behind Bijan the, uh, entire time. Yeah. Look, I'm going to say it. I've said it before. I gave up a second-round pick on a contender for Gardner Minshew because J.J. Zacharyson <laughs> wasn't selling him for cheap. But having Gardner Minshew for that one week when I was devoid, in this case, Jalen Hurts, won me my week, got back to Hurts, 
won me a title or it was Minshew two weeks. I can't remember the backstory on it, but essentially got me to the title game and I ended up winning. And it's like, sometimes it sucks to send those picks, but winning titles is everything. You're not going to end up like the, like the Rams in the NFL where you give up all your value and you can't compete for a couple of years, even though they are. Um, but sometimes those seconds are very fungible. And if you're again, a contender towards the end and he's going to help you win a week, you've got to spend that capital. Um, Going through Baltimore Ravens again, I'm not sure if the Ravens don't do something at some point. Gus Edwards has obviously been a staple in this offense forever. Uh, you know, Justice Hill, I think if Justice Hill was really anything of super notoriety, he would have kind of cracked through already. But again, uh, in the context of the NFL that we're in today, all these guys have some level of value. Uh, kind of in a more rapid fire mode, anything here with Baltimore that we don't already know. No, we already know who Justice Hill and, and Gus Edwards are. I mean, it's a pretty split. I mean, Justice Hill had a little bit more snaps uh, than Gus, but obviously I feel I feel like Gus is going to be used way more in the red zone. Uh, so, And it's kind of a split backfield, and they've had these guys before. I know Gus, Gus Edwards got hurt, uh, and they went and got another back, but this is another team that could potentially get a veteran back, especially with someone like Cam Akers on the block. Yep. Or maybe my wet dream, they'll go get Antonio Gibson. All right, so <laughs> Buffalo, again, we're working through the list here. We know what Damian Harris is. James Cook has been playing well um, in a lead capacity. Latavius Murray behind him. Ty Johnson, uh, the fourth man in line right there. Anybody, anybody worth going after that we don't already know about here? No, I mean, again, it's like if you're if you're trying to play the red zone game, it seems like Damian Harris and Latavius Murray are getting split on the red zone carries. James Cook is definitely getting most of the usage, uh, but we saw his snaps snaps go down slightly in week two. Um, you would want James Cook to get more red zone carries, but I, I, I don't know if I really want either one of those guys because you're just really trying to bank on a, a red zone opportunity where he they get the carries. I would right. rather have James Cook and, and get out of the backfield. Right, yeah. I mean, Vulture City there too. Okay, Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, Raheem Blackshear, uh, Carolina Panthers. Obviously, Chuba Hubbard is one of these names that's kind of circled the rim for a while. Not a super expensive asset. Has some pop, has proved himself, given some opportunity. Miles Sanders never necessarily got it going in Philly. Uh, kind of feel like we may see much of the same in the context of an offense um, in Carolina that's really not got it going just yet is somebody like Chuba Hubbard a name to monitor? I would say so. I, I think they, I mean, it's still Miles Sanders' job right now, but they're pretty close in efficiency. Um, uh, again, Chuba's got a nice profile as a pass catching back, um, and some he, looked, he looks pretty good in between the tackles so far this year. Um, but, yeah, it, it's one of those things. The problem is, is I just don't think the offense is going to be really that good. Uh, it's just, they have a very lack of weapons on the outside, um, with Adam Thielen being the number one, uh, and a rookie quarterback. I don't know how efficient this team's going to be. And so I don't know how many trips they are going to be making in the red zone, but if you're trying to chase targets and you're trying to get maybe a backup that could have a lead role, Chuba Hubbard has a good profile. I just don't, I don't think it's as far off between Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard. Right. Um, all right, Chicago. I mean, again, offensive line quarterback play, offensive play calling. Everything is terrible in this situation. Uh, I guess you could say that Justin Fields isn't vulturing opportunity necessarily. He did run one in last week, I think, but yeah. he's not having very many design runs again. Uh, give us a week 
and we'll do a, a definite Justin Fields uh, video for you guys. But yeah, in this offense, obviously Foreman's been passed by Roshan. We know what Khalil Herbert is. I think we've agreed. We've done enough info on Roshan. That's the guy that we like. He hasn't necessarily broken through just yet, but when he does, I think he'll be much like Damian Pierce, um, too expensive to really chase and possibly knowing that his future is somewhat variable as fourth round guys in the past have been. Uh, you're going to question if he's worth chasing when he gets to that price tag. Um, at mm-hmm. this point in time, I don't know if you would send a second for him, but that's kind of where we're at. That's where most people got him. So it'd be essentially a lateral move. Yeah, I think it's a lateral move. If you if if somebody's willing to move off of him, I just don't think anybody's going to move off of him. They've seen they've seen the highlights. He's got he's still got a positive rushing EPA. He he's he's the best back in that backfield. I just think I don't know when they're going to figure that out because they got to figure out a lot of other things on the offense. Yeah. I was hoping that you know Fields it would make a take a step forward here in this offense and with the inclusion of more thought the offensive line would look a lot better. Um, there has been times when the offensive line looks better and Fields is just making poor decisions. Uh, I think Roshan, again, is somebody, if you can target, I just don't think anybody who has him is going to move off of him because they knew that it was a waiting game anyway. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, behind Joe Mixon, Travion Williams, uh, Chase Brown, Chris Evans. Evans was out last week. Chase Brown came in. Uh, Chase Brown saw the only carry behind Joe Mixon. Travion Williams, I believe, saw two targets. Chase Brown has a heck of a profile. Uh, that would be the one guy, knowing that there's the potential for a Joe. Again, we're not we're not wishing for injuries, but they're going to happen. We've seen plenty of them. To me, Chase Brown is the guy in this backfield. If I was going to chase anybody, has the collegiate target share production, has the athletic profile, has the size. Looks like many of the running backs that exist today in the NFL that are thriving. Why wouldn't this be the guy? I agree. I agree. And you can get him for super cheap because no one's going to think about, you know, uh, any injury that's going to happen to Joe Mixon. Uh, and like you said, four, four, three wheels, five, nine or five, 10, uh, two Oh nine. He's a, he's a back, uh, relatively big back with speed. And he had that crazy target share and he, he was dominant, dominant at Illinois. He was like their entire offense. So, um, yeah. and you can get him for, the price of uh 2015 or 2020 yeah. 2015 yeah. Geez. yeah 2023 early third yep so you got a 20 you can get a 2025 early third 2024 uh mid third again th- these are the kind of guys that you're possibly if you're in some league sometimes there's a you know a third round wide receiver floating at that point that people didn't like a la michael wilson right like those guys will fall mm-hmm. in those drafts so sometimes you're holding a third hoping that that happens. Maybe you get a slightly more premier running back, but guys like Chase Brown are those running backs that you're kind of seeking in that area. So again, when it feels lateral uh, and you can earn points today, it might be worth considering. All right, going down the list, again, trying to condense this episode. Obviously, Cleveland Browns, significant injury to Nick Chubb. The other day, Jerome Ford steps in. That's a guy that we had talked about preseason. Uh, he was set up to be the backup in Cleveland. They traded for Pierre Strong. Um, crazy forecasting on that to have gone and acquired him because Pierre Strong does have a pretty amazing athletic profile, uh, ridiculous pass-catching abilities. So he's a very dynamic player. I like Jerome Ford. I like what we saw from Jerome Ford. But at this point, is there anything that says either guy's a guarantee? And with that being said, I heard Kareem Hunt, who is apparently doing visits with every team in the NFL, um, visited the Browns yet again. 
Yeah, no, I think I think this is one of those scenarios. Uh, you know, Kareem's from Cleveland. He had potential to sign deals with anybody uh, with other teams, and he didn't. I feel like he probably wants to go back to his hometown. So, as much as we like Jerome Ford, who's big back with great speed, and it showcased it against that vaunted Steelers defense, uh, who he almost he almost scored that long touchdown. Um, he's got the ability. I just don't know if he gets the opportunity because they that team wants to add another back to that backfield. All right. I know I keep saying rapid fire, Alexander, but right. we're really going to try it this time. We're, re- right, we're really going to try it. Dallas Cowboys, Tony Pollard, clearly the lead back. Rico mm-hmm. Dowdle, um, Deuce Vaughn, any of these guys, Malik Davis. I guess in less of an injury, but I don't really know what they would do after they lose Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's getting ridiculous usage. They splash in Rico Dow and maybe Deuce Vaughn a little bit, but I don't really know what to do with those guys if they get the opportunity. I feel like it would just be a committee uh, if they lost Pollard. Right, and if Pollard's not gone for the season, he comes back, gets his job back. Uh, Denver yep. Broncos, Javante, Samaje Ryan, Jaleel McLaughlin, anybody no. Tyler Beatty at the bottom no nobody I know okay, people are talking about Jaleel McLaughlin but I, I don't really know I, I know I know it's a feel-good yeah. story I get it um all right. right Detroit Lions Jameer Gibbs obviously aligned to be the guy David Montgomery there and Montgomery got hurt too I believe um yeah yeah he got hurt um uh, it seems like I, I, I mean as much as everyone loves Gibbs and with Montgomery going down Craig Reynolds did get a lot of work but I don't know I, 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 again. Gibbs is probably still going to get used and he's not going to be used. And they've already showcased that they're not going to give him like a crazy full workload, even with Montgomery out that um, I think Gibbs is in there enough that if you try to get another back in this backfield, it's going to annoy you that Gibbs is still being used way more. So, right. Right. And then the leverage that Gibbs is already taking uh, Green right. Bay, Aaron Jones hurt God as much as I've wanted AJ Dillon to be literally anything a hundred thousand times over. He's not, but he's also not going to be moved off uh, of the RB two spot anytime soon. So Emmanuel yeah. Wilson behind him, Patrick Taylor Jr. None of these guys are going to be yeah. relevant. AJ no. Dillon is just the eclipse. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Houston, obviously Damian Pierce, high hopes for him coming in fourth round pick. Mm-hmm. Went and signed Singletary to like a $1.5 million deal. Uh, not really, wasn't really a threat to Damian Pierce, but again, Damian Pierce hasn't been the player that we saw last year either. Um, but you've already got two guys that are healthy. I don't think anybody's going to emerge in front of them. No, no, I, I wouldn't really want to mess with that backfield. Nobody does. Okay, so uh, Indianapolis Colts, obviously Jonathan Taylor is going to be out a few more weeks until he returns. Uh, when he does, he's going to assume probably every bit of this offense. Zach Moss doing his thing. Deion Jackson, Evan Hole went to IR. Um, anybody here worth anything? Or is it just, again, it's Jonathan Taylor's backfield until he's no longer it's, a Colt? It's Jonathan Taylor's backfield. I, I don't really know what to to say. about I, Zach Moss is a sub athlete he's a relatively big back he may get some usage in favorable situation favorable situations but i really don't i mean evan hole was an interesting one with the athleticism but i don't really know if he'll get the opportunity all right i'm flying through it now obviously Deion jackson's got the size and speed that's he's an interesting guy and heaven hole as well but again it's taylor's backfield Jaguars, obviously, Travis Etienne, main guy. We like Bigsby. I'm not even worried about anybody else behind those two guys. They're going to take the bulk of the work. If Etienne goes down, it's Bigsby's job. 
Bigsby's going to have some level of opportunity, but ETN's the guy, right? Until anything else, nothing here. ETN's a guy. Bigsby's interesting, uh, but somebody's already got Bigsby, and they're holding him just because if ETN gets hurt, because we are yeah, not, big. Yeah, nothing here. Uh, <laughs> no. no, you're good. Pacheco, McKinnon, Ceh, no, nobody. I know Generic Prince was a name that he has some athleticism, but I think again in the context of this offense, I just don't see it happening. No, it's just committee city on wide receiver and running back on that team. So uh, Chargers, Joshua Kelly, uh, apparently he was the guy to throw all your fab money at. Uh, Austin Eckler, because of his role, I mean, he's got limited volume as a rusher on average, but he's a big target guy. Isaiah Spiller, Elijah Dotson's the name that keeps coming up. But again, anybody we're chasing here, I don't know how much value uh, any of these other guys are going to bring to the table if Eckler's still playing. Well, if Eckler's still playing, none of these guys are. I mean, Kelly maybe because they do like, like it's been expressed heavily by Eckler that he doesn't want to have a full workload, so Kelly's getting some looks. Elijah Dotson's right. interesting because he kind of, you know, kind of has that si- this smaller size. He looked pretty explosive. Some of the stuff that he did in in preseason, but who knows? This is a very like black box running back, and you're not really sure what you'll get out of him potentially. But that would be someone that I may be interested. In. But Isaiah Spiller is just kind of dust kyron williams obviously somehow relegated cam Akers <laughs> to absolutely nothing this is the guy you and i have been talking about i wish we had more time to do this episode and we'll touch on it more in the yeah. future um but right now in the context of this offense kyron williams as a rental for teams in fantasy uh you can't ignore the fact that he's the guy in an offense that's playing really well right now despite not having cooper cub yeah, monster and weighted opportunity we referenced in the, our our last video. He's top ten in that regard. He's he's a monster running back, and his he's got like what a ninety eight percent snap share in week two. He's used everywhere, and he's going to be in. And it seems like this offense is has come in completely rejuvenated. O line looks fantastic. I would love to see the numbers on that. I didn't get a chance to look at it, but after talking to you, it, it looked like they were pre- holding their own against against a vaunted. 49ers defense. So, and he was still producing 28 points against San Francisco 49ers. I think at least this year he's a start in all situations. And if you can get him, um, I wouldn't go higher than the second round. He's one of those guys that could probably, you know, decimated by the draft. So, but none of, yeah. none of these guys behind them, really, like Tito's, I'm not sure really what they would do with that. They would probably add a veteran if they lose it or they just move on from. Yeah, if if he yeah again with the second round picks, he's a guy that uh, he could be washed out next year, like you said. But if he continues to play this well and he's being used heavily come playoff time, that's that's the guy that could save you. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say on the Raiders, there's literally nobody here. There's no, I mean, again, I know the Zamir White thing. You guys could lean into White. White's not a pass catcher. Josh Jacobs hasn't been efficient in this offense yet, so like I don't know exactly what you guys expect from Zamir White. What are up with these pop ups? Uh, Miami Dolphins, Raheem Mostert looking good enough to keep Devon A. Chain sidelined for the rest of his career. Um, Ahmed, again, Jeff Wilson, IR temporarily. He'll be back, but again, not the burstiest player, but we've seen Mike McDaniel use both these ex-San Francisco players a lot. So anybody here, I mean, obviously we like Devon A. Chain, but you're not going to get him for cheap. Nobody's seen him yet. It's going to cost you at minimum a second. It's probably going to be a high second. 
Yeah, I, again, like he's got coveted speed, but again, the size is concerning because he's, you know, what, 180 pounds. So I don't know how much if he's going to have a workhorse role or if he actually gets enough touches to be like such a monster running back in the league. Uh, if I'm trying to target somebody that I need for the season, it would be someone like Jeff Wilson if you can get yeah. him. But yep, yeah, yep. It. I agree. Wilson is certainly that guy. Man, a lot of push up ads. Uh, going on here. Um, do more push-ups. <laughs> and jackets. So uh, Minnesota Vikings, obviously, I don't know there's a lot to necessarily talk about other than the fact that Alexander Madison is terrible and they can't seem to go away from him. So, you know, this might be the one team where, again, we brought it, brought it up. I just don't think that they're going to go and get a guy like Leonard Fournette. Um, mm-hmm. But behind him, we've seen Chandler before, Gaskin. Dwayne McBride has obviously been – a, a practice squad guy. He was cut at one point. Um, yeah. so I don't know. It, you know, I don't no, know. No, I know everyone likes Ty Chandler for his athleticism. Alexander Madison. The only thing I'd say about him is he's faced what the Buccaneers and the Eagles is his first two yeah. games for rush defenses. Yeah. So I'd like to see him go into a situation with a neutral, if not plus matchup to see what he really is, but it has not been great. Uh, but it turns pass heavy. Uh, it seems like they want to pass way more than they want to run when they had Dalvin cook. So yeah, I, yeah. I uh, maybe Chandler, but if that's not really with much, there's yeah, there's not much there uh, again. Okay. Patriots. I think we know everything we need to know. Ramondre, Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott, Tom Montgomery, yeah. Dust, Kevin Harris. Yeah. Um, yeah. Saints again, Kendra Miller. We did a bunch of stuff on him in the off season. Alvin Kamara is coming back. His contract's good for at least, two, if not three years from now, he's not going anywhere. Kendra's the guy I'd like to own. You mentioned Jamal Williams uh, injury there. Nothing. I think, I think Camara's one of those veteran backs. If you're contending, you should be yep. absolutely. Impressed. If you, if you didn't do it earlier, you should do it now. Um, it's just one of those situations. He, the contract, it's hard for them to get off of him. And especially if he's still pretty, uh, you know, maybe this offense is way better than it was with Jameis Winston and whoever else they had at quarterback, what, Andy Dalton. Uh, I think Carr elevates that offense. Uh, I agree. Second round for Kamara's easy money. New York Giants, Barkley. There's nobody here besides Barkley. If Barkley's no, healthy, no it's one. his offense. Nobody no. else. No one nobody. else. No. Uh, uh, New York Jets, again, uh, Abana Kanda was a guy that I kind of like coming in, but again, Brees Hall. Alvin Cook, Michael Carter. If you want to throw something in a Banacanda just to have him stashed, but again, this is going to be Brees Hall's offense if he's healthy. Dalvin Cook is here. Michael Carter is playing Cook ahead. Is yeah. Yep. Dalvin Cook is is aged for sure. Uh, yeah. Eagles are a mixed bag. If it's not DeAndre Swift, it, the, everybody's going to be just leeching one another for playing time it here. It has to be DeAndre Swift. I mean, I, again, I, Kenneth Gainwell, maybe. It, whatever it's, if it's just coach speak, then they'll just go with Kenneth Gainwell. And if you can get Kenneth Gainwell, he'll can, he can, and then he retains his lead back, but I don't know how someone retains the lead back after how, how well Deandre Swift looks on that uh, Thursday night game. I agree. Talked about Najee and Jalen Warren at the top. Um, Seahawks. We already know it's Kenneth Walker or it's Charbonnet. Charbonnet is the only other guy you can get, but much like, a guy like Roshan, but an even worse situation because he's playing next to Walker, who's obviously not going anywhere. Right, he's not going anywhere, but that would be a great – I mean, it seems like his value 
that we like cut, but he hasn't had a lot of, you know, fantasy production. So he could be a guy that had people are maybe wanting to move off of because they're, you know, kind of mad about him splitting the usage and Ken Walker kind of dominating all the touches. Yeah, I don't know what they expected. This was always going to be the case. RB25 right now, 2024 early second is his equivalent value. Uh, again, flying through this, I actually like Elijah Mitchell behind Christian McCaffrey. I mean, again, once upon a time, he was the guy. He's very inexpensive. Yet again, McCaffrey does have a fragility to his injury history. This is a guy that I'm not even sure you really have to do the second round thing for because McCaffrey is wow. considered like the guy we're probably breaching into the third round stuff, but he's the one guy behind McCaffrey. Yeah, I, I agree. He's got the athleticism and he's, he's had a thousand yard season before McCaffrey was there. Uh, his health is also concerned, but I mean, McCaffrey's if McCaffrey goes through another year, he's just a gladiator. He, if he goes through another year with like the snap share percentage that he's getting, um, yeah. then he's just, a, he's just a, an alien basically. But if he goes through and he gets hurt, he's one of those guys that you would love to have on your bench uh, and great, get great fantasy production in, in uh, Kyle Shanahan offense. Yeah, and I was looking at that earlier just to bring that up. Christian McCaffrey, 92% snap share already throughout the year. Um, all yeah. right, just a couple left here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously we like Rashad White. If it's not Rashad White, it's Sean Tucker. And I know all of you guys keep bringing it up in the YouTube comments. We know. We know who Sean Tucker is. It's not <laughs> new to us. It's like – telling you about the state capital of the state that you live in. All right. Uh, and again, he might be a guy we're targeting. I don't think he's going to cost you a ton, but he's going to cost you more mm -hmm. than some other places because not everybody is sold on Rashad White, and they think that there could be a changing of the guards between the two. I think more people believe Rashad White could lose his job before an injury would be the reason that Sean Tucker could overtake him. But that's certainly yeah. on the radar, right? Yeah. I agree. Um, I, again, I, yeah. So it's again, but Rashad White's dominating the touches. Unless he like is horrible, he had a pretty he had a pretty damn good week too. Uh, I have a hard time seeing Sean Tucker taking that role anytime soon. Two teams left. Derrick Henry still one of you know again. Alvin Kamara is the top tier for me as well as you have like the veteran yeah. running backs that have the production. But again, Derrick Henry, we don't know when this ride's going to end. I believe he's a free agent at the end of this season. But with that being said, there's a, assuming he wants to play football, there's a great opportunity that some team out there wants to give him a starting job. And it's hard to say because there's nobody like him through history that he doesn't have something left. He is a guy that's floating in that second round value proposition. And with that being said, Tajay Spears is probably, you know, at, with his snapshot rising, as much as that team likes him, as, ex, as explosive as he's been, that's another guy um, that people can keep an eye on. And if Derrick Henry has some big games, if you're a Taijay fan, that's kind of your entry into him. Yeah, and and, and he had a 71% snap share. Derrick Henry did uh, in week two, uh, but week one when it was when they had to pass a lot, had a 4% snap share. So uh, it, it he's going to get targets. I, I think they still try to get some targets to Henry, but it looks like their passing down back is Spears. So if those situations where they can't run the ball. They're going to have to pass. I think Tajay Spears is out there, so he may have some value outside of that. But this is this is Derrick Henry's backfield until proven otherwise. I swore this was going to be a fast episode. Um, okay, last team because I know I know you're going to want to like uncork the bottle on this one. But Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Chris Rodriguez. Obviously, this team has shown that they've they've surpassed Antonio Gibson with Brian mm -hmm. Robinson. Brian Robinson is getting high end feature workload right now. 
much like Kyron Williams, turn the calendar one year. He may not be the starter in this role, but for now, owners that have Brian Robinson that are not contenders or may not look like contenders would probably be willing to move off him. And in the context of the NFL we're watching today, that's a valuable asset. Absolutely. I think Brian Robinson is what we want, you know, wanted Najee to be. If they're about the same, they're kind of the same athlete, kind of the same size. Uh, but Brian Robinson's getting the role that Najee, uh, we thought Najee would have. So, uh, and Antonio Gibson, you know, uber athlete, um, just not getting the role. I guess injury, uh, hopefully they would give it to Gibson, but I don't think they, it doesn't feel like they would give him a full role because I just think the fumbles historically and, and, unless they had changed it like the entire coaching staff, I think Ron Rivera doesn't fully trust Antonio Gibson with a full workload. And that's why Brian Robinson is getting the snap share that he's getting. I agree. All right. Well, okay. That's it, man. That was it. We flew through it again. Somehow this ended up being a 50 minute episode. It was supposed oh, to be man. like a, it was supposed to be a special report from the desert. Alexander. It was supposed to only be 30 minutes on the nose. We went 20 over the top. Can't help ourselves. Uh, when I get back to my uh, my own command station, be able to get back to some real data, we'll jump back into some more of these, you guys. Thanks for listening. Um, link for the Discord is in the description. Come join us. Uh, hit us up over there. Alexander and I are both there and available. Make sure if you guys enjoy the content, you hit the like button, hit subscribe. Uh, if you guys are listening on Apple, if you're listening on Spotify, it does us a huge benefit if you guys would rate and review the show um, so do that while you're there. And of course, dynastyrankings.com. Go there, put in your email. Newsletter will be coming in the future. I leaked this in the past. We have a trade calculator. It's coming. We've seen it. It's in beta right now. We're probably four to five weeks away from maybe having something tangible that you guys can, can play with. And again, this includes rankings as well. So big things coming to share with the audience uh, of our work. So we'll see you guys next week with a much more efficient, better sounding analytics-based approach to fantasy content. We will see you then.